And welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. It's Super Bowl week. And if you're going to gamble once a year, this is the week you do it. Well, this in the NCAA tournament and maybe a presidential election. Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Very weird, very strange. The head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook is our friend Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, I'll start it off with this. Has the line changed since last week? Has anything happened to change the line this week? Not too much, Seth. Uh, looking in at the line right now, uh, we, we have a very artificial movement where the Chiefs were minus three and a half, minus 105, so a smaller uh, payout price on that uh, minus three and a half. And we've since moved to minus three, minus 120 for the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, how that correlates in relation to a money line movement, not too much. The Chiefs have since gone from minus 175 to minus 165 at Bovada. And what we're seeing so far with the action uh, distribution is similar to what we touched on last week. This idea that when you have a short spread, uh, the underdog money line becomes much more popular than the handicap. And on the flip side, with the favorite uh, laying that three at only minus 120 becomes more popular than taking the Chiefs money line. A lot of people figure with a small line, well, there's a decent chance if Tampa covers, they'll win the game outright. Not thinking that that three really does represent that, you know, about 20% or so chance that the game could land on three itself. So it is usually uh, the case uh, in games like this with short spreads that we do see that kind of split. So as it currently stands, and knock on wood that this continues to be the case, we at Bavada don't really care who wins the game, uh, which is quite nice for us so far. Uh, any bookmaker will tell you, you know, if with the household, if we can get equal action on both sides, that's pretty good for us. So we are hoping that holds true. We'll likely have a small position uh, come Sunday, but as it currently stands, we are not sweating this one out, at least on the main game line so far. Uh, it'll probably be in the prop section. When the report came down that uh, the receiver Demarcus Robinson and backup center Daniel Kilgore were placed on the COVID list. Now that doesn't rule them out for Super Bowl 55. Did that touch the needle at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, some people, uh, you know, instantly bet uh, Demarcus Robinson under receiving yards for the game. Um, that was about it. I mean, if he doesn't play, uh, it would just be no action. So I'm not really sure what that race uh, to the finish line was there. But otherwise, no, not too much movement on the line so far. I think part of that is that the Chiefs just have an embarrassment of riches on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, quite the talent in his own right. But I mean, with Kelsey, with Tyreek Hill, with Sammy Watkins, and the list goes on and on and on. They have so many different options to look at there. And a receiver that's probably not, uh, certainly not the top two, but probably not the top three options on that. Uh, just again, embarrassment of riches, Casey offense did not move the needle too much in terms of who's expecting to win the game and by how much. Both, by the way, could still play Sunday. They have to have five consecutive days of negative tests. Uh, the Chiefs are prepping at home. They are staying in Kansas City, and they're not arriving in Tampa until Saturday, one day before playing the Buccaneers. That's really strange. If it's any other team, I don't think it's a big deal for them because they just did it. They just did the Super Bowl, so they're not out there going, oh, my goodness, think about what we missed. It's not working like that. Yeah, and I, I think uh, for a lot of players this week, um, you know, they may appreciate the lack of distraction that comes with maybe the uh 
you know, the generic, the historical uh, media week leading up to Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, they, they maybe have been able to take on a little bit uh, more rest, relaxation, a little bit more focus on the game itself. I mean, there is this kind of Super Bowl narrative that teams do get off to a bit of a slow start in those games because of the layoff, because of the distractions around the game itself. The game sometimes almost seen as an afterthought by some people after the two weeks building it up. You know, the talk about, uh, you know, the various things uh, adjacent to the game itself. Um, so I, I think that's kind of an interesting takeaway. I mean, for someone like me, uh, we got to follow the media week stuff uh, in usual years because we'll usually post props around that as well. And, you know, we'll see if there's something we can glean into, although there's not usually too much. I'm always thinking of uh, Marshawn Lynch's approach to media week, and that's usually how I felt about it in the past as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if these two teams come out with a bit of a faster start than we've seen in some other Super Bowls, where generally speaking, that first quarter uh, tends to have a bit of missteps, at least looking back to the last three or four. Well, and, and, and I, I just want to stick to the on the field, the actual gameplay. So I'm not talking about props such as uh, commercials. I'm not going to do anything with the anthem, the halftime. Like we, we talked about that last week on the actual field uh, is the most money bet on the quarterbacks. Yeah, very much so. And, and across the spectrum, too, not just on their individual uh, passing performances, but one of the biggest prop bets that people bet on for the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl MVP. And there's a good reason why the QBs are two of the most uh, bet on of all the players that you could bet for the MVP prop at Bovada. Uh, and that's because I think something like 55% of all Super Bowl MVPs have been the QB. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, and if you're looking at a game like this, uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and also a lot of options as well, uh, whether it's Godwin, whether it's Evans, whether it's a throwback in Gronk, Cameron Brait, you know, two couple, a couple of running backs there. There's this idea that if Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl, uh, it's Brady or the defense, because what are the odds that just one of those receivers is going to stand out enough to get the stats needed? Uh, Tom Brady at two to one, Patrick Mahomes at minus 120 at Bavada. And between the two of them, they've taken about 35% of all betting handle on the MVP odds. Uh, Otherwise, when it comes to QB betting in this game, uh, it's rushing yards for both uh, Brady and Mahomes. It's will either score a touchdown. How many touchdown passes will they throw? How many passing yards, whether it's full game, first half, will they throw an interception? I mean, really anything. I mean, the, the, the NFL has become a passing league, and that also translates into how people bet props with us as well. They are the most attractive players uh, when it comes to betting on positive or negative performance. And also uh, because they just have that much of an impact on the game itself. If you're betting on the Chiefs, you're betting on Mahomes and you're betting on Tom Brady if you're betting on Tampa. And maybe you're thinking a little bit about uh, Tampa Bay or that Kansas City offensive line and how many sacks Tampa Bay might be able to get on them with that Eric Fisher uh, injury. But most people just don't look too far outside of just the skill players, the impactful players, the players that are making those highlight reel uh, plays every Sunday. And I think that's why we see most of that action. Um, Real quick, uh, aside from Brady, aside from uh, Patrick Mahomes for MVP, uh, the top, uh, the most popular players getting bet on for MVP are Tyree Kill at 10 to 1, and then uh, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul on the defensive side. Now, I think, uh, you know, there's this narrative that I saw crafted on Twitter from a pro better who's made a lot of money betting Tampa Bay this year. So he's got a lot of short sample size clout, but his thinking was that. If it's not Tom Brady on Tampa, it's going to be the defensive players that are going to get at Mahomes because that offensive line is a little bit weaker. And if you see JPP 
or Shaq Barrett with a couple sacks in that game. Also props you can get that will either player get sacks and how many. Uh, there's this idea that, uh, you know, it could be a defensive trophy if it's not Tom Brady for Tampa Bay. And those players were available at 150 to one earlier in the week. Both of them now both down uh, around 50 to one at Bovada right now because of that handle. So it's a game of performance. It's a game of narratives. Uh, I always hate doing MVP odds because they are narrative driven uh, odds aside from just pure performance, but boy, does it keep us on our toes. And uh, we've really seen a really diverse amount of betting on the MVP as a result. I would imagine most of the people listening to this podcast, this is not your first bet that you're ever playing, but it might be your first Super Bowl. What about uh, what tips do you have on how to uh, tackle the Super Bowl, how to have the most fun and get the most out of it? Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl definitely provides players with a lot of unique opportunities to bet the game. I mean, we talked about the hundreds and hundreds of different things we have up there at Bovada right now. But some good generic tips that have served me personally well, uh, betting the Super Bowl for as long as I have, is, uh, you know, first of all, bet boring. Um, when you're seeing a lot of these props that are basically yes, no's on something to happen. Uh, you know, generally speaking, you know, pe- people like to bet on things to happen. It's the same, you know, kind of old legacy attitude of over under betting where uh, often in big games, you see that number inflated because people like to bet on things to happen. It's, it's very boring to place your bet and hope that nothing occurs. So to that same extent, uh, you know, looking at these halftime specials, I mean, and I am not an expert on this. I have no idea if Ariana Grande is going to be on stage with the weekend. I have no idea of their relationship together, whether they even know each other. But I do know that stuff like this, generally speaking, gets bet yes more than it does no. So there are likely opportunities in these scenarios for whether it's that, whether how long will Biden be mentioned during the game, all this kind of stuff generally gets inflated on the yes side. It becomes a boring bet. So I would say, uh, you know, keeping that in mind and betting boring is usually a good way to make a buck on the Super Bowl. Uh, my other two tips are if you missed something early, look to bet it late. And for that, I mean, player props. If there was something that, uh, you know, you didn't expect, uh, let's say, a running back to do particularly well in this game. Let's say uh, Daryl Williams, for example. Uh, and I'll even give that as a free one as well. I really like him under 40 and a half as a running back uh, at Bovada. Right now, this line exists. I don't know how much longer it'll, it will after I put this out there. But if you miss something early, look to bet it late. And the reason why I say that is between now and Sunday, specifically if you look about a half hour, hour before the game, you will see a lot more public money come in and beef up some of these numbers again. Because again, generally speaking, the public likes to bet on things to happen. So if you were looking to bet something and the numbers already moved against you, I'd say circle back about 30 minutes to one hour before the game time on Sunday. There's a decent chance that that number climbs again and you can get back at that number you were looking to earlier in the week. Uh, My last uh, tip that I would give, and this is specifically for the national anthem, uh, generally speaking, the national anthem rehearsal takes place on the Friday. Um, It is usually that afternoon where information will leak out somewhere, somewhere on Twitter. So I would suggest doing a couple things, create some search terms around national anthem rehearsal. And I would keep not just Bovada, but uh, I'll get some grief for this, some competitor websites out there and start seeing where national anthem numbers move Friday afternoon, because there will be a chance because it happens every year that that rehearsal will leak One sportsbook will start moving first, and I guarantee they'll all start moving in unison. So keep your eyes out for Friday afternoon anthem rehearsals. Currently, we have 1 minute 59 seconds for the over-under at Bovada. 
I'm, I would be certain that that is not where that line closes on Sunday based on when that rehearsal info comes out. Uh, last year when it was uh, Demi Lovato, I think we went from 156 to 203 and then closed it at 151 after the anthem rehearsal. So we are certainly not pros at timing this. And we have the added challenge this year of it being a duet. The first time I think it's been a duet in at least a decade. I didn't look back any further than that. But it does make it difficult to try and combine RMB with country to try and figure out how they're going to get there. So if you can get that rehearsal info on Friday, and you know, if you want to be, uh, if you're looking for a bonus at Bavada, if you want to send that information to Pat Morrow before you uh, bet it, uh, we would certainly appreciate that. But otherwise, I would say those are the best tips that I would have. Again, if you miss something early, look for it late. Bet on boring. Don't bet on the exciting, which I know is tough. And if you want to bet exciting, take some long shots on stuff like the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that's where you can really have a little bit more fun betting exciting than will Biden be mentioned. How many times will they show the commissioner? Stuff like that. Generally speaking, that stuff does hit under more than it does hit over. So I'd keep that in mind. And again, with that in mind as well, you'll probably get a better price on those no's or unders closer to kickoff as well. All right. Fantastic. Uh, those are some good tips right there. Uh, meanwhile, there's more than just the Super Bowl and the, even the anthem. Aren't dogs involved? Yes. Yeah. When you were, uh, you know, hyping up uh, the show this week, you know, I was really excited to talk about the 16th annual awarding of the Lombarki trophy. That's what they call it. Seth, the Lombarki trophy. Nice. I learned that yesterday. What a great name it is. Uh, I think this is the seventh time that it's been a team format of rough versus fluff. And uh, what a heated rivalry. Uh, I believe the series is tied at three to three. So of course we had to post odds on this. And the reason we did this Seth is because, uh, going back five or six years ago, uh, we're sitting in an office back when people could be in an office for the Super Bowl amongst yeah. uh, co-workers and and hang out and high five and cheer and enjoy, uh, you know, human contact. Uh, we were sitting around on Super Bowl Sunday uh, and there's not too many other sports to watch that day. We would catch the odd hockey game. I think the Montreal Canadiens generally play one game on NFL on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and we stumbled across Animal Planet and there were jerseys. And so we started gambling on it amongst ourselves and tried to figure out, tried to handicap, you know, which pups uh, really thought had a little bit more get up in their giddy up more so than the other team. And uh, we thought, well, OK, we fancy ourselves experts like we do whenever we consume something one sip of Vada. That's all we needed to uh, feel like we could put a line to it. And puppy bowl betting uh, kind of took off from there. So it is something that we will actually, looking at it now, we actually have a five-figure position right now on Team Fluff. Team Fluff, a slight minus 140 favorite over Team Rough right now. You can also bet on will the MVP be male or female? Uh, the only guarantee there is that it is cuteness overload and watch out for that kitty cat halftime show. Uh, what about commercials? Are commercials a big uh, a big thing that people bet on? Because, you know, Coke and Pepsi are out. I mean, a lot of different companies are doing it. And I understand there's going to be some serious marijuana ads. Serious marijuana ads. Oh, gosh. Um, well, yeah. not goofy ones. <laughs> not goofy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Budweiser uh, generally has, uh, you know, some of the more notable uh, Super Bowl commercials uh, in Super Bowl history, uh, you know, fantastic stuff, you know, dare I say tug at the heartstring stuff sometimes with those Clydesdales uh, coming around the mountains. But, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch hasn't completely exited the Super Bowl commercial market. Uh, we are expecting something from one of their, uh, you know, 
non-Budweiser uh, beers, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra. So we have posted odds on whether it'll be Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade, which I'm just now learning exists, and Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Apparently these seltzers are really taking off, whether it's uh, White Claw and other such things. You know, not a bad idea for the locale alcoholic consumer. But... Uh, so we have odds on which one of those brands will run first uh, for the Anheuser-Busch commercial. We also have uh, how many commercials will have a dog in it. So we haven't quite gotten away from the dogs just yet, Seth. And then finally, uh, how many commercials will show a person wearing a mask over under two and a half? And we have uh, how many? And back to the dog one real quick. It was uh, four and a half commercials over under will have a dog in it. And I think... Uh, in COVID times and quarantine times, we've seen a much more, a larger uptick in people adding dogs to their home as, uh, you know, they can't really get out and communicate and connect with humans. So uh, communicating and connecting with their four-legged furry friends uh, seems to be a nice substitution. Well, Super Bowl should be fun. And then, of course, we have everything else going on in sports. And, you know, the NHL and the NBA continue to tiptoe around and cancel games all over the place and i'm not sure what's going on there major league baseball is literally fighting with itself about whether or not to delay the season <laughs> the players just say we're playing and you can't stop us and that that's really bizarre and then there's the olympics um the ioc and the people in tokyo they swear this olympics is happening um the last time you saw someone that confident it was Roger Goodell and look where we are we, we, they, they played the NFL what do you sense and what are the odds at Bavada about the Olympics and whether or not these delayed 2020 games actually happen yeah it's it's a tough one I mean I wish I had the same confidence that Roger Goodell has with the NFL and could apply that to these Olympics Seth because we currently have the Olympics to take place as scheduled on uh, July 23rd as a pick right now, as a 50-50 shot. Uh, you know, we are aware that, uh, you know, Japan is confident in their ability to pull this off. But I mean, this is difficult when you have to factor in, you know, hundreds of different countries with different vaccine schedule rates, with different, uh, you know, global health guidelines and really, you know, having different you know, different success rates in trying to mitigate uh, COVID and what it means to their economy, their athletes, their ability to train, their ability to travel. It's uh, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's one thing with the NFL. And, you know, the, the NFL didn't do it perfectly. There was obviously uh, a lot of, uh, you know, hiccups along the way. But at least they were able to do that, you know, nationally in-house uh, with, you know, wh whatever you think of the U.S. COVID response to be, that was their response. Uh, you know, to try and coordinate this on a global scale is massive it'll take a lot of uh you know it'll, it'll take a lot of exceptions to be made similar to you know what we've had to see uh you know for other sports to take place you probably have to throw out the idea of fans you probably have to you know have athletes coordinating in the or quarantining pardon me in these villages for you know a few weeks ahead of time oh i, I think the last year has shown us that that anything is possible with enough money thrown at it I think it's very difficult uh, to expect this to go off without a hitch with how many countries are involved that, uh, you know, don't always get along with each other on the best of days, but uh, cautiously optimistic that they can maybe pull it off. But yeah, currently a 50-50 pick at Bovada right now and something that's getting us uh, split action so far. Well, 
I just wonder whether or not it actually happens. A, because I've worked the last two Olympics, so that would be work I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And the other reason is I think it impacts the NBA, the NHL, and even baseball. Um, baseball is just a domino effect of what the other sports do. But what the other sports have to realize is they need to get finished. Because if mm. you're playing the Olympics, the NBA players want to play in the Olympics. They need to finish their season no matter what. And in the NHL situation, they're not playing in this Olympics. They do the winter games, but I love how basketball is a summer Olympic sport, but, but hockey's a winter sport. I always think that's really strange, but the idea for the NHL is in the United States, they're on NBC and NBC is basically saying once the Olympics happen, we're, you're not going to sniff, uh, you know, a, a national television broadcast. So they have to get done. But if the Olympics get canceled, both those sports could go on some kind of a pause. And wouldn't that make sense for both sports? And I'm not, again, saying cancel seasons, but how many games, the Washington Wizards, now the New Jersey Devils, the Capitals, the Dallas Stars, how many teams need to go on these suspensions? I don't know. I it, If the baseball season was hodgepodge, this seems on the verge of becoming hodgepodge. Absolutely. Although, uh, having said that, taking a look at the NHL standings right now with my Toronto Maple Leafs at the top of the North Division, I am vehemently against any pause whatsoever. Gotta strike while the iron's hot. Let's go, babies. But, yeah, I mean, uh, th- this does uh, present itself with, uh, you know, a super unique, uh, I don't know, not opportunity, but an option. Yeah, absolutely for the NHL. I mean, if we're being realistic about, uh, you know, what could occur in, in Japan, it does create a lot of mitigation options. Now, I don't know that you can plan for that. Uh, again, yeah, you know, we are just modest bookmakers trying to put uh, a line out there that currently our marketplace uh, suggests is correct with about 50-50 action on it. But I, I don't know how the NHL and the NBA are able to work with that because yeah it it does create a hole in the schedule especially for nbc and this is what this is all about it's all about money it's why we're still playing sports right now in the middle of a covid pandemic uh is because most arenas being empty yes exactly so i mean you know i i think there's there's certainly benefits for the nhl and nba uh, for any of them to have a bit of a pause to recollect themselves and then take advantage of the fact that if we join this season in progress a little bit later uh you know there's opportunities for better things you know first of all safety of the players which is great after the outbreak uh, in new jersey but also as we get more people vaccinated in both canada and the united states and herd immunity begins to take on a much more meaningful form uh, you know we can maybe talk about the idea of having i don't know maybe some fans in the stands for uh, the playoffs uh, I, I don't know how I we think. get there but but any delays uh, you know certainly helps and i mean there, that's going to be a massive hole in the schedule. And our schedule at Bavada, I mean, that was tough for us last year, not getting the Olympics. The Olympics is a massive betting event for us. Uh, and again, it would be a huge one for us in the summer in an odd number year. Generally speaking, odd number summers are not when we do a lot of business at Bavada. We're thinking about baseball. We're thinking about, you know, NFL preseason. But otherwise, we don't have too much on our schedule in an odd number year. This would be big for us if they're able to take it, if they're able to, you know, get away with it get through with it but you know if it's going to be a massive gap there yeah it'd be better for all of us there's an embarrassment of sports on right now we still have to get through college basketball uh you know god willing we get through college basketball but yeah we we could certainly stomach a pause right now and i think the gameplay would be that much better 
And just the optics of it for the NHL and NBA would look a lot better as well if we could kind of reset this again in maybe a couple of weeks' time with all the games that we're losing each day now. It is starting to get it is starting to look like those early days of baseball where, okay, who's not playing today now? And that's right. a little bit concerning. And it's concerning for betters as well when they're, you know, it's a bit frustrating when they think they're getting an edge in something and then, okay, well, money's no action. And maybe the next time they actually play, well, they're not getting the same line as they did before, because as bookmakers, we're learning from your betting handle on an event. Even if that event hasn't occurred yet, we know next time when we repost what that's like. So, you know, it's frustrating for betters. It's frustrating for fans. You know, I, I think, we want to get through the other side of this, but we want to do so in a way that uh, feels like the most consistent from start to finish experience. That's Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Bavada at odds podcast. All we can say is bet, bet often, enjoy the Super Bowl, and come back. We'll be back next uh, week. We will review it. We'll see what happens, and then we'll look at the future in sports. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, and we'll talk to you soon.